Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens have extended their preseason win streak to 22 games, as everyone cares quite a bit about. But more importantly than that, uh, we got yet another week of film to see some of these new guys, uh, see where players are, quite a bit more to digest, a lot of good, uh, some things that we'd like to see cleaned up. And joining us to talk about this is Jason from Huddle It Up Films. How's it going, Jason? Doing great, guys. Thanks for inviting me on again. It's been a little while. Excited to talk Ravens football with guys. Always a pleasure to have you on. And um, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Uh, As everyone's already talked verbatim uh, about this guy, we just got to get it out of the way right off the gate. Uh, Isaiah Likely, greatest player to ever play football, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, he's having a, a fantastic preseason. I, man, this game, this game, man, it's just, I can't tell, like, I can't tell if it's like, he, he's definitely playing really good, but it's, you know, at some point you kind of have to ask yourself if just like, if Likely was on the sideline, would the offense do anything? Because that's just how much of an impact he's having in this preseason, particularly this game. I mean, just a security blanket for Huntley. Um, I mean, I think I, I think Sarah Ellison tweeted something out that he had like 15 snaps and had eight receptions or something. That's insane, just for that level of production. That uh, I mean, in preseason no less. Like, sheesh, man. It was so predictable too when he was in there, Chris. Uh, you know what was it? 15 snaps and he was targeted eight times, caught all eight balls. By comparison, the entire wide receiver room only had nine targets. Well, yeah. All of them. Combined for the entire game, Isaiah likely had eight or eight targets, eight completions on 15 snaps. So it was very Roman-esque. It was very Tyler Huntley-esque. It was the Isaiah likely show. And boy, did he deliver, capping it off with the touchdown. Got a little winded, came back in, shook number 59, who had no chance in the world, and uh, capped off his night the way he he should have. Yeah, I mean that was that was a crazy play too because you knew like after that drive like you knew that they were going to target him. He didn't even look open to me. I don't know, he just threw it to him anyway. Perfect placement, like made it look easy. The thing I liked about Isaiah Likely's game is that he showed some veteran moves already when he came back to the ball, giving Huntley a friendly ball to throw when he was scrambling. You know, that is awesome. I was just frustrated, though, that we know Isaiah Likely is going to make the team, the wide receiver situation we didn't have as clear of a vision on. And they were like, that's okay. You don't need to get looks. (laughs) And I mean, I'm starting to think it's actually a pretty clear picture with the wide receivers. And we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But obviously, Isaiah Likely did really well. I kind of hope we don't see him at all in the next preseason game. But we will see. Yeah, I mean, I do want to stick a little bit more on Likely before we uh, move on, because I do think we do need to move on and and talk about these wide receivers, like you guys are saying. Um, I don't think it was a surprise that Likely did as well as he did after what we saw him do in his preseason debut against Tennessee, but it was surprising that they went so much to him, like we said. Um, It kind of seemed like we we knew what we got from him. I thought going into the game, we would see him much more as a of them trying to get him some more snaps blocking, um, as he had some issues with that in the first game, but... They wanted to get him more like a, as a receiver, apparently. And for me, I, I think the the question now with Likely isn't, is this guy going to be good? It's how is he going to fit into this offense in 2022? Um, or to what degree, I should say. I think we know how he's going to fit in. 
Um, but a lot of talk has been given to the wide receiver position this year. Obviously, fans are mixed on their opinions on whether or not Duvernay, Wallace, Prochet can step up. Um, I know that the four of us are pretty bullish on some subset of that group, but <laughs> I was thinking about it. Can likely really step up and be the number three target for this this offense and this offense still be very effective. And you look at the last couple of years, there's not that many offenses that have done that. But, you know, the, the Eagles, 2018, 2019, they made that work with uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They were able to have effective passing offenses with spreading the ball and giving both those tight ends a lot, a lot of room to eat. Look, Dallas Goddard had an impressive preseason his rookie year as well, like we're seeing from Likely. You know, I'm looking at that, and maybe Likely steps up and is the number three. might not be too outlandish to say Likely could be the number three target when it's all said and done for this upcoming offense. Yes, I think he definitely has a chance to earn that, and uh, it's going to mess up a lot of the personnel groupings this year. I I really think Mm. we're going to see some 13, a lot of 13, and it's going to be different from the 13 personnel in 2019. Because remember, back in 2019, uh, Mark Andrews was still making a name for himself, and Nick Boyle was part of that crew, of course, and Hayden Hurst. All three of those guys, you can line up in line next to the tackle and have them help or block a defensive end or outside linebacker. And Isaiah Likely, being about 240 pounds, is not the most imposed. He's basically a receiver. He's basically a slot receiver. So um, a different... Like, you know, people talk about the three tight end sets that we used in 2019. Well, that was only about six to seven percent of the plays. It seemed like a lot in our mind because they were so effective with it. But with likely he's he's basically a slot receiver, as we saw in that game. Uh, And when Andrews, you know, a huge part of our offense, he does a lot of his damage from the same spot. So, you know, if you're going with a three, quote unquote, three receiver set, Two of those receivers are actually going to be tight ends and Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely with Bateman. And then you'll probably still have a guy like Boyle or Ricardo on the field, making that, uh, that fourth eligible. And of course the running back is your fifth eligible. So man, long story, even longer, uh, a lot of possibilities, but I share your concern, Peter, that we can get the best guys on the field, find a way to get likely on the field, because I don't think he is an inline tight end. I think he, he is a receiver for all intents and purposes right now at this point. Trivia question. How much does Chase Claypool weigh? I am going to guess as much as Isaiah, like, because you're bringing it up. Yeah. I'll say five pounds later. (laughs) Two pounds later. Yeah, I looked it up because there's a lot of chatter about Claypool getting the big slot role with Pickens on the outside in um, Steelers camp. And, I mean, likely could be that kind of player for us. I saw likely actually put up some nice blocking in the pass game when uh, Snoop was scrambling. So worth pointing that one out. And yeah, I mean, overall, guys, this is a great player and I am super glad to see it. And I'm glad he's on my dynasty team. <laughs> and, and guys, if you're doing underdog drafts, you can still get him for free in the last round. You should totally take him. <laughs> like if you don't already have Mark Andrews, get a piece of the Ravens offense by getting Isaiah Lakely. You won't regret it. You're welcome. Wouldn't be an Alec Pulianis podcast without free advertising for a non-sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I try to get Underdog <laughs> to sponsor us. Their mistake. <laughs> Their mistake. You're giving them free advertising. They didn't need to pay us. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> Anyways. 
it is pretty funny though. I'm going to kick it to Chris on this one because, you know, it's not too long ago that a lot of us were like, okay, where are the weapons on this team? How are we going to use it? Man, we Shamar Bridges, this is a great sign. And now all of a sudden the opening segment here on one winning pod is how are we going to get likely on the field with Andrews? How are we going to get these weapons on the field? But, uh, but man, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of confident, Chris, because I feel like likely has earned it the hard way. Like this hasn't been earned. This hasn't been given to him or some kind of out of the blue. It's been since OTAs and then practices and then the daily reports and, you know, the stadium practice and the first preseason game. Now the second preseason game. So, I mean, at this point, there's only one thing left. I wouldn't even care if he played at all on, you know, this uh, Saturday, I believe it is. He just has to get on the field in the regular season and see what he can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think Alec brought it up at the beginning of of saying the like, you know, uh, you know, take out likely from this offense, and you know, the numbers don't look as good. Um, definitely, I think um, you know Bridges was having a great game in the first preseason game against the Titans. Um, this game a little bit more quiet. Um, didn't really do much. Now we saw some contributions from guys like Polk and um, and Webb. But honestly, like I don't know if it was at the same level that Bridges showed in that first game. I think for a couple of plays, I think you know Bridges had some fantastic catches and was really uh, you know kind of taken over the drive like likely did this game. I kind of agree with you. Even you know even with a third game, I think it would be hard for some of those receiving options to really break away at this point. I, I feel like the signing of uh, Robinson this week kind of you know signals that of you know maybe the Ravens aren't super confident that they're going to find a, a sixth guy out of this group um so you know I, I think at this point it's yeah it seems like it's the likely show and uh you know Robinson and, and the guys who we've already seen at receiver once they get healthy I like to point out that Trey McBride number one tight end on many people's boards this uh game did nothing and likely did something so that's all <laughs> Yeah, but the Cardinals actually threw their wide receivers, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Andy Isabella, new trade bait, apparently. Well, let's talk about another guy we threw to. The other guy with receiving touchdown this game was Beatty. I really liked what I saw out of him. He had really good um, like single cut, wiggle, getting upfield, and also had really good pass protection that enabled the web touchdown. He picked up a nice uh, block there. He I forget what quarterback it was at that point. I guess it was Anthony. Uh, yeah, I think it was Brown. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, gave him the time to throw the ball and get it out there. So I thought Beatty had a really good performance, and I think his stock is up after this game. It was great to see him uh, do some more this game. Um, we really, at least from my perspective, we really didn't get a fair look at him against the Titans. Um, he only touched the ball a few times, and the times he did, really no running lanes. It was very hard to evaluate anything from that, but... Yeah, we got a little bit of a window into what he can be here, and the early returns was was pretty solid. He looks like someone who can has attributes that can help this team. So that was really good to see, and hopefully uh, he can build on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see Beatty get the ball uh, coming up here this weekend. I feel like with uh, Mike Davis, he has a track record. Uh, J.K. won't play, doesn't look like. So, um, you know, Justice Hill, Tyler Beatty, I think that they'll, there's a kind of a sneaky competition this weekend to see if one of those guys can kind of take the, the bull by the horns, because I don't think Nate McCrary is making the roster. 
uh, over Justice Hill. So when you have early in the season, J.K. may not be ready for to take his full workload. They probably want to ease him in. And then, of course, Mike Davis will get his touches. Well, where do the where do the remaining t- touches go? Do they go to Beatty? Do they go to Hill? And uh, just to piggyback off of Alec, Beatty's not the most physical physical guy in pass protection, but man, he really picked that up, came across the formation to get it, uh, to pick up that blitz. So that was a big sign for him. And he certainly has an uh, opportunity for some more carries early in the season uh, now that unfortunately, I mean, it was expected, I think, at this point from what we've been hearing from camps. Uh, but Gus Edwards will start the season on the the pup, I believe that news came in this afternoon. So mm-hmm. I think Jason's 100% right. It's it's down to Beatty and Hill for the number three running back role going into the season. Um, obviously, Dobbins is there. Davis, they're probably going to want for his vet presence. Um, you know, he can be a, a goal line back, can get you some tough yards inside. Uh, he's a known commodity. And Hill has been around for a little bit, but hasn't shown too much. Beatty. They invested draft capital in him this year. So, yeah, that's going to be one of the most interesting competitions to watch in this final preseason game, assuming both play in it. I think the last thing I would note for a particularly uh, good side of things was that Cleveland had a really good game, the various guard positions he played. I like seeing him out there, and I think coupled with Phillips's down game, I'm really curious if Cleveland will get the starting nod in week three of this preseason to see what he does against the highest competition that the commanders have to offer. I've really liked what I've seen from Cleveland these last two games. I'm not someone who watches every single offensive line snap and, and scores it, but um, I can say that I, I'll, when I rewatch the games on offense, I'll look at one offensive line guy per play. And every time I've looked at Cleveland, he's either making, he's either doing his assignment right or making a, a big block. Um, there, there was, you know, a pretty good block he had in the third quarter, I believe, in the game for for Beatty. The first down, uh, he got into the second level, basically blocked all the way down to the first down marker. That's just an example of what this guy has been doing this preseason. Um, has he been perfect? No, but I, I, I'm seeing a lot of promising things from Cleveland personally. Someone who will is a self-professed, not offensive line expert, but at least from my viewpoint. Cleveland's been really, really promising. I would feel completely fine with him in the starting left guard spot to start the season if the, that's what the coaching staff feels. I don't know what you guys think on Cleveland, but um, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him right now. I would love that to be the case. I, I think that Ben Cleveland's upside, and you mentioned the the just he can dominate at times. Uh, Tyree, of course, had uh, three penalties, I believe, in this game. Uh, Tyree Phillips was also playing left tackle for, again, for an extended period of time. Um, the tackle position has made it really hard to gauge how the Ravens are playing this left guard situation. Because you look at it, we come out first series, both games, first series, we've had Phillips at left guard, McCary at center and Ben Powers at right guard. So, okay. So are we going to get a look at Ben Powers at left guard? No, he moves to center. And then Ben Cleveland comes in the game at right guard. Um, it's just it's just curious to me how we've we've handled this. And then of course today, uh, Jared Jones Smith, one of the tackles, uh, was released. So, but really, you know, when you look at the left tackle position, how are the Ravens going to handle this when uh, on Saturday? Is is Phillips going to get? Is he going to play the whole game, half at left 
guard, half at left tackle. Uh, is Ben Cleveland going to get a shot there? Is Ben Powers going to get a shot at left guard? Uh, David Sharp is still there. Uh, Falele, is he going to play the whole game at right tackle since Morgan Mosens hasn't played this preseason? So a lot of question marks for me as far as how the Ravens are handling the offensive line this preseason. And, and what does it mean? Like that, that's my question to everybody is how do you, how do you feel about the take your own personal, like I like Cleveland too. I would love to see him be able to stay on the field and really take hold of this job. But aside from your own personal feelings, what, what are the Ravens thinking? Are they saving powers? Uh, do they believe it? Do you believe that they think he's the front runner still when we haven't seen him play? Like, I'm kind of confused here, guys. I would love to hear your opinions. I'm confused as well about the status of powers. You look at the depth chart, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Festivus Max 52. We had a big conversation about that. He has keeping powers and uh, being kind of the 10th offensive lineman. I can see that. I just think you already have McCarry as the quote unquote super sub. You have Linderbaum that's going to be the starting center. Powers is going to have to come in if another person gets injured, right? I just don't see, I don't know. I don't really see how this works out for him. I don't see how he is anything more than a second Swiss army knife in our particular team. I think he could play somewhere else for sure, but the Ravens seem really committed to this Phillips or Cleveland experience. And I can understand why I think they have better traits. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we talked about this probably last week. Um, seems almost like kind of like a trade bait situation. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, again, and uh, other news, I don't, I don't actually know if we mentioned this, but Linderbaum uh, is coming back to practice or did come back to practice today. Um, so, you know, maybe there might be a chance that he does play against the commanders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's it's weird because when I heard of the injury with Linderbaum, I kind of wrote that off of like, that's a little risky, you know, he might be out for the season. And to me, you know, there might be a chance if that were a reality, which I'm, you know, now it's, it's not, he's coming back in practice, at least as far as we know. Um, in my mind, I think I could have seen a path for powers to be here, but you add him back and you're right, Alec. It's like, you already have two centers here. Anybody that we're playing in these preseason games, even if they're playing center, they're not going to be getting any snaps. As long as those two guys are healthy, they're going to be ahead of them in the depth chart. And yeah, if we're seeing a lot of snaps from some of these other guys at left and right guard, like you've already got them covered. And at least Powers is a you know proven commodity. He has started a number of games for the Ravens. You know, you'd have to think that he has more value than anybody else at the guard spot in for a trade. Um, and you know, I think there are some other guys too that could be interesting who you know could play some of those spots. Um, you know, uh, Tristan Clone. I mean, I don't know if he's had any snaps at guard, but I know he seemed okay uh, from some of the things that we've seen from him. I mean, he he might be a guy that like, you know, I don't know if he makes the roster uh, per se, but you know, maybe a guy to keep around who might be a developmental guy. It is weird, um, for sure. I I kind of want to echo what you said earlier, Jason, of just like this experience of having everybody kind of play all these spots on the line. It feels even worse this year in, in some sense. It's it's kind of been something that's happened every couple of years. We never had uh, going into the season like, yes, we know who's going to play all spots on the offensive line. This year, it's like we kind of know, but there's still like tons of movement everywhere. And like the same guys might be on the field, but they're playing vastly different positions it's it's <laughs> i gotta like i gotta just like just laugh sometimes like how the ravens like you know approach this somehow i, I mean 
I hope it's going to work. Uh, it seemed like, you know, we've been able to throw together a line for the last couple of years, but I, I got to say, like, the method there to get there is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much more to add than what you guys said. It's uh, interesting to get into the offensive um, coach's mindset of what's going on there. Uh, to a degree, I mean, you know, you, you are coming off a season where you did have an abnormal number of injuries, and we talked about did the Ravens really do everything in the previous offseason to prepare for that um, possibility going into the season? Yes or no is kind of tough to say because just the injuries were just that many. <laughs> that was just abnormal for an NFL season. It, it was kind of inevitable that the Ravens just weren't going to be able to put together the best product they could due to that. Uh, so you could make the argument, you know, you're trying these guys out at different positions just to see flexibility. What what could you do if, you know, someone key goes down? And, and I mean, we still don't even know if uh, Ronnie Stanley is playing in week one or, or when and if he's playing. That's still something that is not a, a known fact at this point. Hopefully the coaches have a better idea on that than we do. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different ways you could interpret it. I'm not going to say that I, that I have any more idea than anyone else. But yeah, I I think my personal take on it is you're you're trying to get flexibility, get ideas for what could happen if someone if there is an injury down the road. But you know there could be a multitude of reasons that they're taking that approach that they are. Yeah, I just feel like in this game in particular, there were more questions than answers on the offensive side. Whereas on the defensive side, I feel like we got, feel like we got some information and some guys made moves in this game in particular, Ben Cleveland looked great. And then he got banged up and then he wasn't in practice today, I believe. So it's like, man, he can't stay on the field. Tyree's being moved everywhere. We haven't seen Ben Powers play at left guard. Uh, In addition to that, I feel like Shamar Bridges is just this close to being okay, he's the sixth receiver on the team, even after Demarcus Robinson uh, was signed. But uh, we didn't get to see a lot from the receivers. So a lot of questions there, I think. Um, you know, we knew likely could play, and he had a day. We knew Tyler Huntley could be efficient with the ball. Uh, we, we He was just that. He was extremely efficient. Numbers looked great. Completion percentage off the charts. We didn't see the ball push downfield, though. We didn't see... Uh, the receivers get uh, a challenged and we didn't see Huntley get challenged as far as pushing the ball outside the numbers down the field. Kind of like, it's funny. It's like the same things that uh, people who don't follow the Ravens closely say about Lamar. That's kind of what you get in, in Tyler Huntley. Like I, I would have liked to see Huntley be challenged or the coaches challenge Tyler Huntley to take away those nice little safe short. I mean, we, you know, we, we call it, uh, what was it? I think it was like less than 10 yards per catch. So it was a lot of short stuff, quick stuff, safe stuff. Uh, we were extremely efficient on offense, but I, you know, it was good from a, you know, we kept the ball, moved the ball standpoint, but from a preseason standpoint, as far as getting answers, uh, I, you know, I didn't get a lot of answers to my personal questions, which were, uh, you know, can Bridges cement himself in the roster? Uh, what do the other receivers poke? You know, his only catch was on a broken play. The running game was not good if you look at the yards per carry. Uh, So a lot more questions than answers for me on the offensive side, whereas on the defensive side, I feel like 
Um, you know, I know we'll talk about that later. I feel like some things were answered. Well, before we move off the offensive line to talk about the wide receivers, I do want to bring up one other guy, um, and that's Juwan James. I think, you know, we touched on it a little bit. Is Ronnie Stanley going to be ready for week one? At the time of recording, we still haven't gotten confirmation on that. James, I'll admit, he wasn't one of the guys that I was able to uh, get around to watching too many plays of his. Um, there was one drive early. It might have been the, it was the first red zone drive. I know he had a couple bad pass protection sets that it would have been more than just that one sack that there was if it wasn't for the fact that Huntley is freakishly mobile. But, you know, we look at what the Ravens have at tackle. They've got three right tackles and they've got Stanley. Um, how would we, how do we feel about James? Now we have two preseason games looking at him if he did have to step in at the beginning of the season, say for the first two, three weeks and be the left tackle, assuming that he's the guy the Ravens would put in that situation, which I mean, I don't know if we can assume anything else based on what we've seen in preseason. How are we feeling in, on that situation on a, on a range of, you know, big Al to uh, pro bowl Stanley, I guess. <laughs> I feel like for me, it's tough because again, kind of like Jason says, more questions than answers. Like if Stanley's can't go, do you put James there? Do you put Moses there? We haven't seen Moses play. I don't know if he's better at left than James at this point. So, you know, what I feel confident with like Moses being there, well, if he's better than James, yeah, I guess I probably would. But if uh, if Moses is the option at right and then we have James, eh, I don't know how that looks. Uh, Flele, I mean, he hasn't, Flele hasn't been perfect, but I like what I saw with him uh, for the first game. Uh, this second game, I think he did okay. Um, almost had a, a, an injury that was a little bit concerning. I think they ended up saying it was a stinger, so he was able to come back. But, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, I don't have much confidence at all at this point. Uh, I just – I don't know. I don't know who's going to play. <laughs> I thought I thought James looked really good the first week, and I thought he, he did not look really good uh, last night or, uh, excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough situation. Um you know, Big Al had a lot of good snaps. He just got beat very quickly, way too often. Um, and that's really what you need is just some kind of trust level. And uh, with Ronnie and, and Lamar, it's just clear that that Lamar knows that if Ronnie's getting beat, it's a, it's something minimal. You know, he, he might get bumped in the back, but Lamar is definitely not going to get blindsided, taking all, you know, if Ronnie's back there protecting him. And that's the kind of confidence you need from your quarterback. I mean, Lamar works magic being able to feel, uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for his feel in the pocket uh, eyes in the back of the head type thing. But if you're not getting solid play from left tackle, it's, it, you know, even if you're Lamar, your, your timing, your rhythm is going to get thrown off and you're going to see more broken plays. So I would like to hope that uh, Juwan James is, is ready to go. I kind of, I kind of like what Chris brought up as far as like would Morgan Moses even be an option there. I don't know, but um you know, I kind of feel like more, they're going to leave Morgan Moses at right tackle, have Zeitler at right guard and Leonard Baum at center and have a really solid right side of the line. So, uh, you know, it, it's tough. I, you know, Falele, he was up and down uh, again. The first part, first game, I thought that he blended in well. You, I mean, he's obviously very good in the running game already. But uh, concern, yes, major, my, you know, major concern to this team is, just left tackle play overall, because I think that if the Ravens get good left tackle play, the offense is going to be very good. I mean, very good. You, you look around, 
and uh, Lamar Jackson's your quarterback, you give him protection. That's that's a recipe to have a, a, an above average uh, offense. And if other players step up, if you stay healthy, all things equal, all that good stuff, it could be a great offense. So yeah, left tackle play is is uh, definitely got me uh, got me a little nervous. And you know, at this point, it's almost been two full calendar years since we've seen Ronnie Stanley on a football field playing like Ronnie Stanley. So um, to expect him to just start practicing now, you know, in late August and uh, two, three weeks later, be ready for the Jets. Uh, it seems uh, it seems very optimistic, put it that way. So the Ravens have got to hopefully uh, in practice, they're seeing some encouraging things as, as far as, okay, Ronnie should be back around this area and we are confident in this player that none of us maybe know who it is. Maybe it is Juwan James that he can get us through until, until Ronnie's back to uh, however close to 100% uh, Ronnie can get back to. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. You're looking at regardless of whether or not Stanley is clear to start practicing by the beginning of the season, the Ravens probably are looking at a bridge guy to start the season now. These guys aren't robots. It's going to take Stanley some time to get back in the swing of things, um, which does bring me to a guy I wanted to touch base on a little bit who we're expecting to be a big part of this rushing offense is Nick Boyle, a guy, you know, had a very serious knee injury back in 2020, right? Mid-2020 at this point. Came back last mm-hmm. season, didn't quite look like himself, played quite a bit on Sunday night, and still to me didn't quite look like himself even then. Um, I know he did, I believe he slimmed down some. I'm forgetting, I couldn't figure confirm that before this episode, but I th- think I remember him talking early in training camp that he did shed some pounds coming into this season. But I don't know, to me he didn't look like the same guy uh the same forceful blocker that we had seen earlier in his career and we knew this is a possibility with this guy suffering the injury that he has that he there's a chance that he won't be able to be the same player and you know you have to take that into consideration with some of these guys you know they get injuries and they can play but are they going to be the same player that they were um prior to it um it's a a bit of a dice roll in some cases um so I think that is another good point to bring up that, you know, we don't, we can't just assume Stanley's going to come in and be the savior at left tackle. You know, the Ravens are going to have to have contingency plans even then if he comes back and, you know, it's, it's not quite the same. So a situation I think that is not going to get fully resolved as soon as, as the collective Ravens fan base would want. I get to be the optimistic guy on this one. (laughs) So, so I'm, a, I'm a little excited about this because I've been, you know, my tone hasn't been uh, all too positive thus far. But, you know, uh, Peter, I, I, I agree with you that as far as his strength and his blocking, you know, he wasn't dominating here in the preseason. Like we're accustomed to see him dominate some of the best players in the game. So from that standpoint, I, I agree. But I did like the way Nick Boyle moved, especially uh, I believe he caught a pass. Uh, I haven't reviewed the offensive film yet because I, I did a lot of work on defense for Ken McCusick show, but I remember him specifically his burst off the line of scrimmage and it looked nothing like the painful movement that he showed last year. I'm like, man, Nick got congratulations, Nick. I almost had like a moment to myself that he worked, you know, his way back from that brutal looking injury and, 
you know, practice through it last year. And then, you know, he looked like he was moving freely, but that's why I love coming on the show, Peter, because, you know, I wasn't really paying much attention to his blocking. I was looking at left tackle a lot. I was looking at left guard a lot. And uh, I was looking at the spacing and the personnel, you know, just regular TV copy type stuff. Um, but yeah, he did. He did trim down to try to take some weight off of that uh, leg and some burden. And um, so, um, you know, if you were to tell me, okay, what would be your major concern that Nick Boyle isn't strong enough to block or his knee is not healthy enough to move like he used to, I I'll take, you know what up, Peter, I will take the, okay, let's see if he's strong enough to return to form because um, if, as long as Nick Boyle can move, I, I kind of like, that was a, such a major concern after, uh, after the injury that we saw, it was a brutal shot. That is a good point, and that, that gives me a little more hope. <laughs> it, it's interesting what you focus on when you rewatch. I know for me, for whatever reason, um, now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, he did actually seem a little a little faster. Um, but, yeah, I was focusing more on, oh, is he getting as much push on the run blocks as usual? You know, is he getting as much power as we're used to seeing? But, you know, if he has his quickness, that guy knows this offensive scheme inside and out. I have faith that he'll figure out how to – how to have a strong impact given his new physique, given his newly reworked knee. Yeah, it's, it's great, Peter. Like I, I'm glad to hear you say that we didn't, we didn't talk beforehand about that. Um, you know, I, I don't mean great, you know, cause it's, you're not saying the most positive things, but you know, the other <laughs> thing I, I wanted to say, Peter is like a lot of his blocking is these move blocks where he's lined up as a fullback or he's coming across the formation. And on those, it's not really power driven. You know, it's about getting to the spot, finding your guy and uh, and that kind of thing. So I, I'm not going to worry about that, but it is a, a huge plus to your point to have Nick Boyle be able to handle a guy like, uh, I don't know, Clowney or Miles Garrett or uh, TJ Watt. Like it's such an advantage for the Ravens because there aren't you look across the league. There aren't tight ends that can, you know, hold their end of the bargain up against guys like that. So. Um, would be very important. That's something that I'm going to go back and watch now. Um, you know, thanks to that information, man, that was really good. One, one other guy I wanted to kind of bring up real quickly before we move on to the defense, Anthony Brown. Do we think this guy is a shot at the practice squad? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, um, you know, aside from that one interception, I think that was a little bit of a mental lapse. Um, I think this guy continues to look good. He's efficient. I think he's moving the football down the field a little bit. Uh, that pass to Webb, that seam route, was a beautiful pass, uh, fitting it in between the linebacker and the safety to be able to get that there. Um, that was a great, great pass. Is there any chance that he might make it onto the practice squad? I feel like I don't think he has a shot to make the roster simply because we have so many other guys that we can bring on. But maybe that is the conversation. I mean, what do you got? How do you guys feel about him? Zero percent chance of making the roster. One hundred percent chance of the practice squad. One hundred percent. I mean, the only way he doesn't is if somebody wants to bring him on, and he for some reason doesn't want to be here. But I think he's one hundred percent locked to be on the practice squad because we can't be that naked at quarterback to only have, you know, Huntley, right? you have one injury and then you have no quarterbacks, right? And, and cook is not on the team anymore. No emergency quarterback. Who is it? Prochet? I don't know. So yeah, he's a hundred percent going to be on the practice squad. Yeah. I think that's how I see it as well. Um, just want to get your guys quick thoughts on this. I already know what I think you guys are going to say, but can you see a situation where the Ravens would decide if someone, you know, put up a, a strong enough package to deal Huntley 
and have Brown be the backup quarterback. <laughs> yes. A strong enough package definitely exists. But I don't think any of these teams are going to do that. Like, Garoppolo is going to be available. And I don't know, man. Huntley's not your guy. Like, he's good and all, but he's not that good. I also feel like no team is desperate enough at quarterback at this point. Pretty much anyone who has a hole has fixed it with at least someone they would feel adequately of if they had to deal you know had to start them yeah i mean think about it right like i don't know man if you're not trying to win a super bowl like what are you trying to do so huntley doesn't get you there (laughs) right like he just doesn't he's not gonna get you to a super bowl if you're if that's where you're at like as a franchise it has to be like the only team that would ever get try to trade for huntley loses their star quarterback in the nfc and comes before the trade deadline trying to get huntley like that's the only way that this is really going to ever happen and they'll be dumb to do it but the ravens will give him to him because they know that he, they would not see him in the super bowl yes i agree i think that huntley played well enough efficiently enough last year that this preseason isn't like uh taking anybody by storm as far as other teams across the league saying man we need this guy i think huntley's played his game he's just played a better version of that game in the preseason so far he's looked like top, the good version of tyler huntley um, but I think the scenario that Alec painted is more realistic. Hey, look, we just need to buy time until our starter starting quarterback gets back. Like all these other teams have already made plans at quarterback. Um, even the situation in Seattle is like, it's kind of is what it is. If you put Tyler Huntley in that situation, does it make the Seattle Seahawks better than the Niners and the Rams, even the Cardinals? Like, I, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, I would, I, I would think that Tyler Huntley, his value to the Ravens is way more valuable than it would be to other teams at this point to where the Ravens wouldn't take any kind of deal that they were offered. It would take a, a little more desperation from the other teams and a little more willingness for the Ravens to move on from, from Tyler Huntley. I mean, he's valuable here. If, if Lamar got banged up and missed a month, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley could, he's familiar with the offense. He can use these tight ends, obviously, and, Greg Roman offense, and I see him being more valuable to us than he would be learning a new scheme and trying to start in, what, three weeks or whatever. Ready to talk some defense? Let's do it. All right, guys. I mean, I think first things first is the defensive line slash overall push that this pass rush is able to generate. We saw OA and Matabuke out there on the first drive. They seem to be having a day with them. The line was collapsing on the Cardinal side, and you can just see that continue um travis jones had a great play on uh mcsorley in the end zone they called rough in the passer i call it just uh beast mode engaged you know <laughs> i mean the the team i isaiah mack popped off the screen i thought that there was just so much positive play out of the defensive line yeah isaiah mack looked like khalil mack just the uh, <laughs> defensive line member <laughs> uh, i mean the overstatement of course just making a joke but Man, I, you know, I look at defensive linemen seven, eight, and nine. I mean, we don't know much about Nichols. He's, he's a rookie, so I'll put him at nine. But uh, Mac at seven and, and Aaron Crawford at eight or whatever order you want to put those guys in. I mean, I firmly believe that they could be snagged off the, uh, the Ravens roster and, and put on to another roster, um, which would, you know, obviously is detrimental to the Ravens, but the defensive line overall just looks that deep. We haven't seen Calais 
We saw Matabike very sparingly. Roderick Washington didn't play much. Um, Brent Urban uh, started, I believe, or he was mm-hmm. in for the first couple of series for the first quarter. He didn't play much. And despite that, despite, you know, those four guys really not playing much, Michael Pierce not being active. So your top six guys didn't play much or top five out of the six. Travis Jones did. He played a little too much uh, for our liking. We still got dominant defensive line play from Travis Jones, Isaiah Mack, Aaron Crawford, and Nichols. Uh, what a position of depth for, for the Ravens. This team's going to be able to stop the run come hell or high water. Pass, pass rush is always a, uh, a question mark, but we got some real guys down there, man. I hope we can hold on to Isaiah Mack or Aaron Crawford. Man, I think the chances of retaining both might be a little slim with the uh, defensive line play across the league. I'm afraid you're right. That's going to be hard to keep them both. And it's a real shame because there's been a lot of chatter about how the Ravens need to get younger at defensive line. And I think they pulled it off, but they, they did it all at once. And it's going to be hard to keep them all around. For sure. I mean, I, I think maybe the only saving grace is, you know, we, we talked about OA having a great uh, couple of snaps this game. But, you know, behind that, outside linebacker, obviously pretty thin at the moment. Um, like we said earlier, Bowser, no timetable for him. We're not sure he's going to be back. Some of the other guys, like, you know, Dalen Hayes, um, Stephen Means, I think that they're going to make the team just from like we don't have any outside linebackers, but they, at least as of yet, have not really shown any flashes, or not many. At least Means did the first game. I think Hayes has had a quiet preseason so far. Hasn't really stood out to me. Um, Means in the second game, I thought didn't really stand out too much. Uh, as far as the numbers go, I think you know that could be a way we could at least sneak guys on the 53 at least at the beginning of the season, before we have to start making roster decisions in the season. But uh, yeah, but overall, I mean, I I do think there's a lot to like from this defensive line group. Um, I mean, yeah, that, I think one of the plays you might have been referring to earlier, Alec, with O.A. Matabuke, when they were just chasing uh, McSorley uh, toward the right sideline. Um, I mean, O.A. put it on the Jets. I mean, he was running after him. I feel like the only reason that he didn't get the sack was he, he kind of ran into his own uh, defensive lineman and had to run around him. Just lost a little bit of a step, but he was closing, and he was closing pretty quickly. Um, I mean, fortunately, I think that play ended up forcing an interception anyway. So, I mean, it was a good play, a fantastic play from him. But O.A., I mean, he wanted that sack. Uh, he, he was so close to getting it. The depth at Ed Rush, Edge Rusher is definitely concerning, but... I, I don't think we should understate how freakishly good OA looked in this game. Um, you know, we talked about it last last week. Uh, for whatever reason, against Tennessee, he played just one snap, and that was it. Which, sure, I, I completely understand not wanting to play him much in the first preseason game, but it's it's kind of funny that he suited up just for that. But gosh, the the, the stunt early in the first quarter with Matabuke and OA was just perfection. That was a beautiful play. Um, came very close to a sack there for Owe. Um, McSorley did end up completing the pass to Isabella on that um, pass interference by Stevens. But what I loved seeing from Owe was that here's a guy who, you know, last year had some great flashes and then other times disappeared. And in this preseason game, he he looked like a star, a star defender, which is what you will want to see some guy who was a first round draft pick coming into the second year look like in that environment. And, you know, we saw some pass rush moves from him too, which is something that uh, was a bit of a knock on him last year. That's that he was relying a little too much on his athleticism and speed 
uh, to get to the quarterback and make plays and, and really needed to develop some more pass rush moves to be more consistent at the next level. And it, it looks like he's put in some work in the off season and we're seeing the start of that. Um, it, it really did to me. And depth is concerning. I agree with you, Chris. Means and um, Hayes are, are likely on the roster just from a numbers perspective at the moment with the Bowser injury um, and with the unfortunate uh, passing of Ferguson. But um, OA is looking, looked like a, a very much improved player to me in this game. And I'm very excited to see how he's going to look once the season starts. Very excited about OA and Justin Houston, of course, you know what you're going to get from him. That's the only, the problem is that's two guys. And then if Ojabo, of course, is going to be out, if Bowser's not ready, he's going to be out. That leaves Stephen Means and Dalen Hayes. I mean, that's that's only that's still only four guys, unless you're unless you're going to take a leap with uh, Jeremiah Moon uh, and Chuck Wiley, who was cut and then brought back apparently, like reportedly cut and brought back, so we would have bodies to to fill for the game. So I would just say, with all that said, and then with our commentary on the defensive line. I think that the opportunity is there for Mike McDonald to play four man fronts. And we have the personnel to do that at defensive end, Calais Campbell, uh, defensive end, Brett Urban, defensive end. We saw Steven means in this game play on the strong side and he doesn't drop into coverage. So what does that tell you? He was playing, they were playing a four man, even front there. Um, and the other strength of this team that would allow us to play four man front is that instead of having Bowser as the fifth guy up there, he might be rushing, he might be covering. You can just send four and put one of these safeties on the field. Um, you know, put a Kyle Hamilton on the field instead of having Bowser drop into coverage. You can have Hamilton or uh, someone like that. So the personnel to me seems like it's dictating uh, a move earlier in the season until Ajabo and Bowser is are there to where you might see more four-man fronts, uh, just a basic four-man pass rush new tricks, uh, and, and have, uh, your safeties covered behind it. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's unfortunate with that, uh, you know, hyperextension that Travis Jones had, but I mean, you put Pierce and you put Jones in the middle of that four man front, like, oh man, those guys would feast. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I think they said anywhere from two to four weeks or something that that injury might take to heal. Um, I don't know if it's anything official from Harbs, but, yeah, it, I mean, it's probably looking that he's probably not going to be playing until, you know, late September um, at this point. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great uh, a great observation, Jason. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it, it seems like those are definitely the strengths, the front end and the back end, I think, are the strengths. Uh, it's the linebackers, not just the inside linebackers, but the outside as well. If Yeah, that would, that would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's just something that the thoughts kind of developed, especially with Bowser not back on the – practice field and the way the defensive line is uh, is kind of dominating. And, you know, you didn't mention Broderick Washington in, the, in there, but he's another guy that can play along the front. So the depth is there. The depth is safety. We're going to want to find ways to use Kyle Hamilton. Uh, yeah, man, it just kind of is appearing out of the blue that we, we might start the season with four quote unquote outside linebackers in a way Houston Hayes and, um, and, uh, and Steven means which isn't exactly the strongest group. I mean, the way is great. I think he, I agree. He's, he's ready to take the next step and, and Houston is, is still very good. So um, yeah, we're going to have to use those big guys. It looks like to get 
pass rush. And, and actually, Chris, I believe Harbaugh said today, like the timeline kind of extended to three to five weeks for, um, for, for Travis Jones. So very Dang. unfortunate. Yeah, man. Yeah. Watching those press conferences, I was surprised to get any kind of information, but it, it seemed like it already extended here within a matter of a day or two uh, to where it was a three, four, five week injury instead of just a few weeks. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, luckily a couple of the weeks are not in the season. We got about three weeks until then. So maybe he's there for the opener. I feel like that's a stretch obviously, but then I don't think he'll go in IR because it feels like he could be ready for game two or at least game three at that point. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. I think moving on, the other person that looked fantastic was Ross. This inside linebacker is making a name for himself in the last two games and and really pushing his way into 53-man roster considerations. I think that he makes a lot of sense for this team to keep uh, and to honestly just try to get him more and more playing time. I want to see him in the regular season at this point. He looked good. He seemed instinctive when he was out there. Uh, Had several plays in the backfield, pressuring the quarterback. I think that... You know, again, it was, he was in there at the end of the game, so it was against lesser competition. But, um, you know, I've liked what I've seen from Malik Harrison this preseason. I haven't loved it. And one thing I noticed with Harrison, and maybe I'm off base with this, but it just seemed to me that in pass protection, he could have been a little quicker. He seemed to be hesitating a bit. Um, I didn't see that with, with Ross. I think that that's something that, um, this team could use at the inside linebacker position. It's certainly, you know, I think what we can, a lot of people will agree with is it's certainly putting Christian Welch's position on this roster into question. Um, he hasn't really stuck out very much this preseason. So it'll come down to, I mean, was Ross on special teams? Cause that could be a deciding factor as well. Yeah. I love what we're getting from Josh Ross. Um, you know, I was a Jacoby McLean fan coming into training camp. I thought that he would turn some heads this uh, this preseason. And man, it, it's been Josh Ross, all the credit to him. And um, I, I think you have to keep him. I really do. Um, Bynes and Queen haven't played. So it seems pretty clear that Bynes is going to be the Mike linebacker and Queen is going to be the Will linebacker uh, since Queen wasn't out there taking any Mike snaps during the preseason game. Malik Harrison, I think that uh, he's been up and down. He's just an up and down player. We've seen the flashes, and I believe that they'll keep control of him. But when it comes to Christian Welch, like you were saying, uh, man, you got a chance to reset the clock there. And I think that Ross has the upside as an every down linebacker, something that I don't think the, the Ravens ever thought of Christian Welch. They, you know, they looked at him as like a two down bumper, more like a Malik Harrison. Well, Josh Ross can cover, and his instincts are, are really good. We've seen it uh, a few times here. He's been the best linebacker in coverage. He's been the most consistent linebacker as far as tackling, making plays in the backfield. Uh, so, yes, uh, when it comes to special teams, that is a very key aspect, obviously. But I think it's, it's, it's kind of telling that we've seen Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens, as well as Geno Stone, kind of lead the way in the most important positions as far as your punt coverage uh, and your and your kick coverage, aside from your gunners, of course, which are a different type of athlete, but those guys that are close to the kicker, it's been Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens 
on kickoffs. It's been Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens on the wing. And it's been Geno Stone as the personal protector. So if you got Malik in there with those guys, um, without doing all the numbers and really crunching it down, I feel like if Ross is just an average special teams contributor that you can put somewhere in the mix that uh, that you can roll with him over Christian Welch, who is obviously very good on special teams. For sure. And Ross did play eight of the special team snaps, which was 36%. I would say I respect special teams, but I find it extremely hard to believe the players that are notably better in their actual specialty of offense and defense are that much worse in special teams to get, you know, knocked off the team. Like I just, I find that really hard to believe. Right. <laughs> like this, this almost feels like the same like Boykin argument, right? Everybody wanted to keep Boykin <laughs> because he was so good at special teams, but just garbage at wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Getting out. Like I was just going to say, as long as you have your stars at the key positions, you know, your gunners, your personal pass protectors, your wing guys, that's that's what you're looking for. The guys that were closest to the kickers. And it seems like the Ravens are willing to use Brandon Stevens and Kyle Hamilton in those roles, not just your linebackers all across the board. So if Ross is one of 11 guys or 10 guys covering a kick, you got your main three, four guys in that unit set. Not like you're asking Josh Ross to be a, you know, an anchor of special teams. He's, he's a piece of it. You know, every piece can be important, but as long as he's staying in his lane and he's willing to do it, which I imagine, you know, they don't have any problems with since he's playing that as long as you're not a liability uh, in those positions, you're good to go. You know what I mean? You're a backup who can play special teams and they're not counting on you to be uh, an Anthony Levine type. Uh, So, so yes, man, I just, you know, to get to Alex point, you know, special teams are important. Backups have to play special teams, but I'm with Alec here. As long as Ross can play some kind of a role on special teams, which it looks like he's being trusted to do at this point, give me the guy who could take over for Bynes next year, or give me the guy who could take over for Queen whenever his option is declined and he moves on. Uh, Josh Ross can be a three-down linebacker again. His coverage has been really good, so it's uh, he's got the you know you don't give up on guys who could who have that kind of potential in my opinion who have showed it in the preseason and actual game. So. Uh, you know, I loved Zacoby McLean. I thought that he was going to be the dark horse undrafted free agent to make the team. But at this point, uh, same position, different guy and Josh Ross. While we're giving out accolades, one of the favorites on this show, Pepe Williams looked tremendous. He had his interception, obviously great tackling just around the ball. And this guy is just the likely of the defense group. In my opinion, put him in bubble wrap. He's done. I'm honestly feeling that way a lot about a lot of players. Like, you know, Hamilton's an interesting case. I think you could benefit from more snaps in preseason, but I don't know, man. I just, I hate seeing people get injured. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him play as many snaps as he did these last two games. I feel like he's been around a little too much for me. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, at some point you got to have players on the field, but I mean, I get what you're saying. Like it would be nice to kind of see some more from some of these other guys. Um, and then like to see some of the guys that we know they're going to have an impact, like try to keep them as safe as possible, but back to Pepe. Yeah. I mean, I, I've loved what I've seen from him. Um, I think he had another really great game 
Um, staying in the position for that interception, I thought was a great move that he had. You know, maintaining leverage and, and being able to make the play and, and return that was awesome. You know, overall too, I mean, you had the one play where I think he got called for pass interference, but I mean, let's be honest, I think you know that was a, a ticky tack call in my opinion. Um, I think there were some other penalties that were a little bit more egregious, uh, like Brandon Stevens' first play of the game. Like, all right, come on, man. Like, <laughs> that's a little excessive. But uh, but yeah, I mean. Pepe, man, I, I, I got to be honest, I'm extremely kind of surprised um, just at how well he has played, um, given all the other guys we've have at corner and, and, you know, so many guys who at least we imagine going in the season that were kind of ahead of him. I mean, I'm just like over the moon from from what I've seen from him. He seems like a great dude. Uh, I know he's been uh, had a few uh, pressers uh, recently. I know, Alec, you gave him a shout out at the uh, training camp a couple weeks ago. Um Seems like a great dude. I, I, I hope that his trajectory keeps going up. Um, I think he could be a great player for us. What's so interesting about Pepe and and Likely is, you know, we had some insight into what the Ravens were doing in the fourth round of this draft with that Sports Illustrated article that we talked about in the offseason around the draft time um, and how both Likely and Williams were, were the fallback guys. Like, they, the Ravens had already gotten the guys that they were looking to get in that round. And yet these two guys are just blowing up, making all these highlights, looking like they're ready to step up and play in the NFL week one. And these are the fallback guys on the Ravens board. Uh, it's just crazy. And that's not to take anything away from the other guys in front of them. Some of them, you know, we haven't seen enough of because of injury um, or for other reasons. Uh, but yeah, Pepe looks ready to play. He looks really comfortable. Um, they had him, you know, in a, in a lot of zone looks. He had, just had a really good knack for the ball in those situations. Uh, the interception was great. You love to see that. The secondary as a whole, uh, very deep. Uh, Kyle Fuller made some plays this game. Um, I'll admit he was another guy who I didn't watch a ton of his film but he obviously had an interception early in the game, and I think he might have had a pass breakup later as well. Um, he was around the ball a bit. Another good game from the safeties. Uh, Stevens looked a little rusty, but there was still some good there too. Gosh, Andy Isabella was his best friend at the end of that game. I feel like every time, <laughs> every time the ball was thrown to Isabella, Stevens was on him. But yeah, you know, the, the secondary, obviously last year due to a plethora of injuries, that was probably the weakest position on the team. Uh, maybe offensive line was weaker, but you you got to feel great going into the season right now. We don't know you know, how healthy Peters or Humphrey is going going to be, but the depth at this group is is phenomenal. And, you know, I, I think that this group can weather Peters and Humphrey um, taking some time to get back in the swing of things if that's what they need uh, given their injuries. Great point. A couple of things I wanted to address. Alex, on Alex's point, uh, Harbaugh is, I guess, pretty pretty straightforward this preseason. If you're a rookie and you're healthy, you're going to play a lot. I mean, Pepe was in the whole game, I think the first game, returning punts and everything. Lele is playing all the snaps he can play. Kyle Hamilton on special teams. You see him in the fourth quarter. Travis Jones gets injured in the fourth quarter. Uh, so if you're able to play and you're Isaiah likely, of course, he finally got taken out of the game. I think he, he's all like graduated from the uh, rookie level. 
And then, uh, you know, to Peter's point, I think that's a great one. The second cornerback we took in the fourth round uh, is, you know, one of the stars on defense. The second tight end we took in the fourth round, our fallback plans, as Peter Peter uh, put it, have, uh, have outshined the, the guys that are, uh, you know, haven't been able to get on the field. And, um, you know, Pepe, I would like to see his, his time cut back a little bit this game as well. I mean, the experience will help him, but... I think that Pepe brings a skill set that no other corner on the team has. Uh, and that's the ability to, to cover your smaller, shiftier, quicker slot type receivers that we're going to see this year. Um, you know, if you have a big receiver on your team, we can cover them. We got Brandon Stevens, Armour Davis is, is a big guy. If he can get it on the field, Kyle Hamilton was used in the slot a lot. We can, we can match up with your big guys, but I'm just so happy to see Pepe Williams make his presence felt and shine this off season. Because if you're looking at your, you know, he's five ten. he is the Tavon clone, just a little bit bigger and a little bit sturdier coming downhill, smacking people, uh, great awareness, great ball skills, uh, tough player. Uh, he got a rare Twitter at from me today, Alec, uh, rare Twitter at very nice. Very yeah, nice. man. I, I was, uh, pumping up the, the show I did with Ken, the defensive show. And, uh, you know, I was like, spoiler alert. You know, I got a lot of great things to say at Pepe Williams, man. Like, so he's just like, if you could have asked me which one of these guys, you know, Kyle Fuller, um, Armour Davis, Pepe Williams, uh, any of the guys who are competing there for action at cornerback, which one, Jason, would you like to step up and have the best training camp? I would have said Pepe because, again, he brings that different kind of skill set. He's not your big, tall outside corner. This guy's got a fighter, a slot corner written all over him. And that's what this team needs to complement Marlon Marcus and the other big corners and DBs we have. Yeah, well put. I definitely want to see if we can get Armour Davis on the field for this uh, last preseason game. It's a real shame we haven't seen him yet. But you're co- completely correct. If you're not trying to compromise Humphrey's ability to play on the outside, you're looking at Pepe playing slot. He's He's a starter. So him playing this many snaps is what's scaring me, right? And I mean, I think that Hamilton, too, will be a pseudo starter. So that's the only reason I'm saying we need to maybe think about their snap counts at this point, maybe graduate them, like likely has been graduated. But yeah, man, overall, it's really great that they have this player. Um, And I mean, look, man, if it were me, play Ardarius for all the snaps. I want to see if he can do it, too. Right. That's what I would want to see in the third game. Love it. And just to follow up one more time, the Cardinals are filled with smaller receivers. So we really got a chance to see that one Sunday where we saw uh, Brandon Stevens kind of struggle at a few times to keep up with Andy and Isabella, who looked the most comfortable out there out of all the corners. Well, it was our small shifty, small where one would say small. Pepe's an athlete, but the, the shiftier, quicker corner is the one who really showed out and showed up and there are going to be teams where we're going to need a guy like Pepe uh, to cover them uh, just his skill set in particular. So, so yeah, just really happy with the defense overall. It was good to see Fuller make a play. Uh, I have full confidence in the safety group and I'm with Alec Ardarius Washington in the slot. He got beat a couple of times and then ended the game with a great play. So, so yeah, let, let Ardarius play a little bit. Hopefully Armour Davis can get out there and give us a half or something. I, I don't imagine he's in the, the best shape, um, but he banged his head. I believe it was last Wednesday 
hopefully he can come back, start practicing and, and get some snaps in there. But, um, but yeah, Pepe, if, if you had to ask me, it'd be like, yeah, man, I, you want to get him some snaps coach, since you're asking my opinion, go ahead and get him some snaps, but, uh, please, man, I think that's our starting slot corner. I think he's made that clear. Let's, let's get him, make sure he's ready to go week one versus the jets. Look guys, there's one last piece to this recap puzzle. Special teams. I'll not put it in the notes, but I love it. Sexiest man alive to go off of uh, <laughs> last week's theme. Man, Stout is putting up all pro punts right now. And if he's able to keep it up over a larger sample of the season, put the man in the Pro Bowl. Like, I mean, this is incredible. All the punts were inside the 20. Two of them were inside the five. One of them could have been inside the one. And furthermore, the best one I thought was the missile to the sideline, 58 yards, unreturnable. Like, good golly, this guy's amazing. Yeah, and then he he had, he kicked an extra point, right? Tucker was the holder for one play as well. Like, I, I sometimes I just like I'm baffled at how the Ravens are just so good at special teams. There are so many teams out there that can barely find a kicker to make kicks for them mid-season and these aren't like 50 yard field goals these are like 30 yard field goals and some teams will go through like the chargers the browns gone through tons of kickers to be and then finally settle on somebody and then the offseason they bring in more kickers because it's still not like fine we find a punter in the fourth round who essentially now can do field goals and extra points for us that's just wild to me yeah you can also kick off doing two steps into it <laughs> Doesn't even need the run up like the other uh, kicker. What can he do? He even scored a touchdown, according to the TV copy. Guys, we have a <laughs> Hall of Fame kicker, and we're <laughs> like, yeah. well, we have this guy who can do all this. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to not get too high off of him. I, I would just say, man, his performance has been unbelievable. In the stadium practice that I, I was at, he had one at the half yard line, man. You could see it. It wasn't even at the one, it was at the half yard line. <laughs> um, but look, you know, Alec brought up the most important part of this early, which was he, he's just he brings the kick, kicker swag. Good looking, good looking guy, man. I mean, next to me, you know, he would be the second best looking guy on the set by far. <laughs> there it uh, is. So, so, you know, I had to get one of those in. But um, but yeah, hey, Jordan Stout, let's let's not talk him up too much. Let's just make sure his whole game is 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 on point. Let's see. Let's get through a season with every snap, every hold being perfect and not mess up the best kicker in the game. So uh, I'll bring, I'll bring it down a little bit. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's it's a ton of positive though, man. He, you're so right, Chris. And some of these teams, I mean, uh, didn't, didn't the Steelers kicker Harvin struggle a little bit. They spent a, a pick on him, had some growing pains before he straightened it out. And Jordan Stout's coming out there, monster league. Uh, he mentioned today that, you know, Sam Cook's working with him on just the littlest things, uh, he mentioned, I, I want to say the number was 15 different punts that he believes he can unleash. And it was funny. They asked him how many punts he had last year and he wouldn't answer. I think his answer would have been one where I, you know, I just kicked the damn ball <laughs> because he was like, he was like, he joked a lot fewer, a lot less, a lot less last year. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he mentioned today in the press conference, I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, Jordan Stout's a really, really fun guy to listen to that, you know, he, he didn't want to slander Penn State, of course, but he was saying basically it was just about uh, 
you know, kicking the ball. There wasn't much technique involved and that kind of thing. And then he goes to Sam Cook, and if you know Sam's noticing an inch here, inch there, he said, I think he said at one point, I thought I knew how to hold until I came here. And then um, so he looks like he's having a great time. Sam Cook in the in the corner of the press conference looking like a proud papa. Um, <laughs> just just all good vibes from the punter. So I, I'm gonna knock him down a notch and just say, hey, rookie, don't mess up the greatest kicker of all time. Get them hold straight. I will put one more piece to this. If you're watching him punt the ball, and I always saw this with Cook too, so it, it's just a continuation. Look at how the ball comes off his foot. And like, it's never quite the same, but it's all intentional, right? Like one of the kicks that he had, that I, I think it was the first one that went, um, that could have went to the one yard line. It like swooped off his foot. It looked like it was making a huge left. And then like, it, it kind of like settled out and then, you know, dribbled all the way to the one yard line. The other one, you know, went off on the right, and that's where the the target missile to the fifteen yard line was. So it, it's just it's interesting watching him punt the way he lines up, the way he sets. It's all like <laughs> I feel like such a special teams nerd, but like that's what the Ravens do to you, right? So you're watching them, and you're like, there's all this interesting subtle technique. Definitely, you know, when you're thinking, oh, should I go to the bathroom now because they're about to punt and it's going to go to commercial? No, watch the man punt. <laughs> the only thing I think I can add is that it's this fourth round you know preseason needs to end because we're putting all this hyperbole on these guys and they haven't even played a snap of real football yet but um really promising preseason for a lot of these draft picks uh, some undrafted guys um some other young guys can't wait for the season to start just one more preseason game and then we're finally back to real football it's going to be great thank you so much jason for coming on the show we appreciate you where can you be found Hey, I, I just want, I was going to say it. I was going to thank you for your support on my new live show on Wednesdays at 8.30 on YouTube. I'm also going to try to find a way to embed that uh, bad boy on Twitter. I might have to call Alec for some tech support. Just kidding. I figured out how to do it. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so, yes, yes, I did do it. I got talked through. Now, we have some good, good people in this community, Alec, that are willing to help an old man like me, but... Man, we're having such a good time on that thing. Wednesdays, 8.30, Huddle It Up Films on YouTube. Come and find me, hang out, make a comment, get involved, steer the conversation. I have Garnett West and Ashley Priyanka with us. Uh, just a great time. And, and again, Alec, I, I appreciate your support. Hoping to see uh, Peter and Chris there, man. That would, that would be nice, man. They could give me a hard time. Tell me how good looking I'm in. Uh, I am, even though I like that kind of stuff. Uh, tell me, tell me how, you know, Dundalk boy over here and all that good stuff. But, but no, I would just encourage if you're still listening uh, to, to these guys here on one winning pod, uh, my brothers here, go ahead and give me a check, check out me and, and my crew over there as well, because we're having a great time. And, and as always, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm willing to come on and, and ruin the show anytime you want, man. Anytime. Well, thanks so much for listening to One Winning Pod. You can find us on Twitter at One Winning Pod. We had a, a lot of good conversation about the 53 man roster. Feel free to add us to any conversation. We'll definitely uh, give our two cents. You can also send us an email, onewinningpod at gmail.com. We'll be at the Commanders game. Look for us on the corner of Russell Street in Hamburg. And, uh, then we'll, we'll go into the stadium and we'll have a good old time there. And I guess with that, we'll see you next week. <laughs>